Hello and welcome to the Beyond 1% podcast powered by the 1% campaign by Sir Robert McAlpine. This series is all about empowering and inspiring women both on and off-site. We will be smashing stereotypes and confronting the realities of building a career in construction as a woman. Today, we were talking about the benefits of having a diverse workforce. I'm joined by three guests with extensive careers in construction. So to my guests, please introduce yourselves. Hi there, my name's Robin McKenzie and I'm a property consultant. Hi, I'm Les Waters. I'm a community manager for Sir Robert McAlpine. Hi, I'm Emma Shakespeare and I'm a senior design manager for Sir Robert McAlpine. Thank you. Uh, so today's topic is diversity in the workforce and we're including all types of diversity in this conversation, so not just gender. So to begin with, um, can you all please share what you do now and how you got into construction? So I got into construction. I think I'd, I'd always wanted to, to get into property um, was my end goal. And I always looked at construction as a way in um, and found civil engineering. So I went to university and studied civil engineering and got my master's in that, which I absolutely loved. And then I was lucky enough to um, to get onto the grad scheme with Miss. So I worked for them in a, on a big London project as a construction manager and then project manager um, managing different packages. I then moved um, to a smaller contractor and project managed a site out in Surrey which was great high-end residential housing and then I, I went consulting for a little bit um, as project management and then I've opened up my own firm um, as a property consultant so I started investing myself a few years back um, and I help other people do it as well and still project management wise how about you, Liz? Me, I um, well, I'm I'm one of those that fell into it. So I used to work for local newspapers um, and do marketing and branding, and was unfortunately made redundant. And I had a friend who said to me, I, I was freelancing for a little while, so sort of doing events, working with loads of different types of businesses. And um, a friend said to me, I was kind of moaning because it was quite difficult to chase money. And they said that they had a job that they knew of that was going. And, and that actually, they said to me, I don't think you'll like it, but you'll be able to kind of settle in for a little while and get yourself kind of onto a level and decide what you want to do. So um, it was in construction and it was as a community manager um, in London. And actually, I loved it. So I started and within once I'd kind of picked up what it was all about within a, a couple of months, I, I kind of thought, wow, this is brilliant. This is great. And so my role at the moment is it's a community manager. So there's two elements of it. I look after a couple of projects in London at the moment where we look after stakeholders and communications. So make sure that our impacts while we're, we're constructing a kind of managed and also that we're communicating with people and then the other kind of flip side of that is looking at community investment and social value so what we're putting back to the communities that we're building in so kind of two elements of the role over to you Emma <laughs> yeah um well I was pretty fortunate um at school I did um sort of uh, sciences and uh, there was sort of one of those those uh, careers fairs that came around and there were some construction people on that um and uh, I pretty much knew that I wanted to do engineering but when I saw that fair I that's what I knew I wanted to do it straight away I was about 17. I went to uni I didn't do too well in my levels and and um, one of the reasons I did do too well because I wasn't actually very good at sciences and all my teachers told me that um, I was no good at it I was going to fail so that actually made me think right 
<laughs> I'm going to I'm going to show you. So I didn't do too well, but I did a civils HND because I couldn't get onto a degree course, and decided I didn't want to go down the civils route. I did then a, a construction management degree. Um, I did a placement year um, at Leeds. It was actually on the Leeds University building that I I was on, which is quite interesting. And then I went um, to join the company that was uh, I did the placement with in Leeds as um, a site engineer for a little while, and then I went uh, to be a planner with that company. And then I went to London and uh, sort of stayed there. Really. Really. I went to work for um, MACE as a um, package manager and I've been as a project manager for MACE as well and then I went to work abroad as well um, on some quite exciting projects um, and um, I came back to England and worked for Macalpine as a package manager again on site so that's managing the works on site, managing what's going on out there, um, organising the trades etc. Um, and then I moved into design management and um, decided I wanted to take a slightly different tract and um, I been a design manager for about five years now so that involves sort of like um if you manage a construction imagine a construction project like a sort of lego kit so i i uh, make sure that all the pieces are there and that they can all go together and that they're going to look right at the end so that's a sort of simplistic look at it cool thank you so that's quite a range of experience there so this is the beyond one percent podcast and it's because studies show that it's about one percent of women who work on the tools in the construction industry so what does this statistic bring up for you guys? And is it a surprise? Um, I'm, I'm going to start there. We I've, Part of my role is to do a lot of educational engagement with schools, colleges, universities. So it doesn't surprise me at all. We find that um, a lot of kind of women or girls, people that we engage with, they don't have a clue about the opportunities that lie within construction, unfortunately. They don't see it as an option for them. I, d- I mean, I started in construction later because I wouldn't have even considered construction, to be honest, when I was at school or college or uni. So the statistic doesn't surprise me at all. I think if you look at the wider elements, so where you've got kind of the, te- the technical roles, you've got the administrative, the support roles, and obviously that number increases. But yeah, unfortunately, the 1% doesn't surprise me. I'm, I'm not sure. No, it doesn't right. surprise me either. Um, yeah. I think it's definitely changing, um, but there's not enough visibility into what, what the roles are in construction because I do some some schools engagement um, and, you know, I, I go to them, first of all, look, I don't lay bricks, you know, because that's the common <laughs> misconception about what construction is. Um, and it's just opening up that door to them to say, look, it's all these things. It's ecology, it's um, property management, it's uh, building stuff, it's materials, it's um, the acoustics of things. It's, it's so many different things to just say it's not just about that one thing and you don't have to, you don't even have to go on site if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're both completely right. I mean, Liz, that's great that you're going in creating awareness. Um, I've been the same, Emma, going into schools and talking to, you know, younger children up to teenagers and they still just don't know what what there is out there. There's so much more than, you know, there's trades on site, but there's also all the supporting roles and the consultancy project management yeah, there's loads, loads to get into. I remember going to a, to a school and the little one said, oh, can you really build a wall? And I was like, no. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't want me. Really bad you, wall. Yeah, you wouldn't want me to build that. But yeah, I know people I that do. someone else can build a wall, but yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah, we can arrange that for you. I do think it's interesting how there's so much focus on women in, on the tools. I think, you know, obviously it's important to, to educate people that those opportunities are available and it should be open to all. 
But I think sometimes, you know, when you talk to people, their kind of assumption is that that's what's important. But actually, when you talk to them about the wider scheme of things and the wider opportunities, you know, actually, there's a lot more women, for example, that are in those roles. And sometimes I think those roles get forgotten because it's almost like people want to push. No, you know, you've got to be the the hardcore people on site. And that's what we want to shout about. And you kind of think, well, yeah, that's great. And it's brilliant. We do need more people to do that. But there's so many, so many options available that, you know, you don't want to blindsight people to think that that's all they can do if they come into construction. Yeah. So that's actually the perfect segue to talking about diversity, Nelly. So thank you for helping out on that one. So generally <laughs> speaking, um, I'll ask, I guess, two questions. Um, the first is, what does diversity mean to you? And do you think the construction industry is diverse? Yes and no. So I've worked abroad. So yes, it's diverse abroad. I'd say similar issues to here. There's still not a lot of women. I worked in Asia, so not a lot of women at all. Um, I think it's getting more so, but I don't think we're there yet. I really don't. Um, I think there's still sort of a a bastion of the middle-aged white male. I know that sounds a bit stereotypical, but there is. And some senior management roles, if you look at the senior boards of a lot of companies, it's it's white males. And that's not a cross-section of society, is it? No. no. With diversity, I think what's happening at the moment is there's so many different segments of groups that people are put into. And I think what's the danger is, is uh, yes, I don't think construction is as diverse as it could be in some elements, but there's others. You know, if you go onto site, during different stages of the project, you will see people from different countries. You will see people from different ethnic minorities. Um, You might not see many women. You see people of different ages, you know, and and it depends where you are, whether you're on site, whether you're in the office, because a lot of the technical kind of roles and the new innovations and digital roles now, you do see, you know, diversity is every kind of aspect of, of society. So you do see younger people doing that, for example. So if you look at the age element of that. So I think in some ways it is very diverse, but in other ways it isn't. And I think the problem when you look at diversity is you have all these groups and people concentrate on the groups. And to me, diversity is everybody uh, within society. It's, it's actually looking at individuals as well and, and who they are. Um, rather than always just concentrating on those one boxes um, sort of solely, individually. It, it's kind of bringing everybody together and being all inclusive of everybody. Yeah, Liz, I completely agree with you. So, you know, in terms of projects that I've been involved with or working on at the minute, I think that if you have the diverse background, you, you come to a solution or answers that you alone could never, ever have picked out. You know, everybody chips in their bit from either life experience, what they've learned, what they've seen before. And and that's fundamental, really, to a good project because you there's, there's never one straight path to the answer, is there? There's always, you you know, you have to just build up and work to it. Um, so diversity comes in in that way, whether it be age, gender, background. Sometimes there's a, a default point that people in, that coming into construction or thinking about it, thinking you have to have an engineering degree. Mm. And that's, that's not the case at all. It's not where you have to come from. A lot of the things you can learn and sometimes that, that may, may take time or you might have to experience those things, but you don't have to have an engineering background. You don't have to be good at maths and physics. You have to be organised and you have to be willing to learn and knuckle down and do some technical stuff. But actually, it's a misnomer that you need maths and physics. And that, and that is the first thing I say. If I go into a school, you don't need that. Yeah, I think, you're, you're Emma, you're completely right. I mean, in terms of the degree that I did, I... I learned so much in it, but actually that knowledge and the, the pure engineering, have I applied that to my to site? You know, it's helped inform decisions in term, from an engineering point of view, but I'm, 
I'm not doing engineering on site. It's it's a lot more and it's people based as well. It's very, very people based. You know, if you can build relationships and get on with a team and and bring people together to to get the best out of them, I think the project will it'll always be a success. It's it's always people skills hugely. Yeah. So we I'm sure we all know some absolutely amazing engineers who've got brains the size of planets, but can they communicate it? Often not. So it is a people skill, definitely. Yeah, and that's why uh, diverse groups are so good, isn't it? Because you get those different people working on a project together and you get your people that aren't particularly good at communication. Um, but then you get your, your people that are very good at communicating or people management and you get people that have different backgrounds. So you get apprenticeships who have come up through the college and kind of through experience um, from an earlier age, for example. Um, and then you get your graduates who've got that more technical training and you know, so and the age age as well. So you've got people that are older with experience. You've got people that are younger that are almost mentoring the older people to learn the newer techniques of doing things. So I think that that all kind of leads into the diverse element, doesn't it, as well? So um, it's again the people, the different people coming together with different skills that's important. Yeah. Thanks for that. I think it's very clear from even those initial discussions that diversity is really important and it gets very clear, tangible results. So moving on a little bit. So one of the key themes at this year's Women in Construction event was diversity and inclusion. So as the industry as a whole considers this, how what do you think can change or how can things change? I'm going to go back to education again, because I think it's all, you know, for me, I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be a number. I don't want to be somebody trying to hit a target of so many women within construction. I, I want to be there because I'm good at what I do. Um, I'm skilled and I'm respected as an individual um, and that's why I'm there. It, a lot of companies are in danger of kind of targeting numbers and thinking right we've got to get 50 women in now we've got to get you know five BAME people and, and all this kind of stuff and what I think needs to happen is if you focus at early ages and really highlight the availability and what's what's possible for anybody whoever you are and construction is open to everybody I think if you highlight that at a very young age then you cut off having to deal with the problems of, of having a lack of diverse workforce later in the day. So you open those opportunities up from a very early age, educate people to say, yes, you can do anything you want. You can enter construction. Sounds really cliche, doesn't it? Anything you want. Um, and then, um, you know, they can come into construction. I think that's what's needed. It's, you know, getting in there early and making sure people know. I think it's also, um, it's our visibility and and what, you know, we, we hear we're working construction, so it's getting out there. Are people seeing that there are different people in construction? I think we do have to tackle some of the things in our own camp in terms of, you know, some of the sites you do see and some of them you go on to, I'm sure you've probably experienced this as well, is that it, it is quite macho. It's quite, um, you know, sort of a little bit testosterone filled. That's not all sites, of course, but there is still that element of it. So I think sometimes we need to tackle that within our own camp to say, actually, that's not the image we want to portray. You know, um, we've, we've cleaned up a lot hugely over the past 20 odd years um, and that's really really good but I still think we have some way to go on that yeah yeah I completely agree you know like the the female toilets and what have you there's still on some sites there's there's ways to improve but I guess Emma probably the same as you when when I realized I wanted to be in construction or do my engineering degree I I didn't ever think oh there might not be any women I I didn't really realize that that wasn't a thing 
until people outside and it wasn't even on people on my course they were great and there was there was a good group of girls but we were all friends with the guys as well um and there was the same with the lecturers there was ladies that that were lecturing um and they were amazing I think that you don't realize that you're the minority until somebody from outside says oh there's not many women that do that and I was like oh really <laughs> sometimes I think there's junctures when you do like if you walk into a room and you're doing a presentation involved in something and then you go you suddenly look around the room and you go ah I am the only female in here it doesn't really strike you until you actually you know make that conscious sort of connection other than getting on with your job but yeah yeah you look around and you're like oh right okay but it if you enjoy what you do that's yeah. not that's not a thing for you and um, so it's maybe Maybe highlighting that. I don't know how you highlight that to to people in schools. Well, I think it's always going to be the case, isn't it? Because we're never gonna we're never gonna level it up totally. Because construction isn't for some people, for sure. Again, it's the image of it, isn't it? People don't think it's it's sexy, it's exciting, it's all those things. But actually, it really is. I mean, I my job is amazing. I get to build something. I get to build something from nothing. Be involved in that. Um, I get to go to different countries to see different materials and choose marbles from Italy and gold leaf from wherever and go to see a piece of glass, huge piece of glass being tested and smashed up. All those sorts of things, you know, is exciting, but people don't associate it with that, do they? And that's the thing is that I think it's sort of the hard grind of everything, but it's not. So again, it's education into what is this thing of construction? And at the end of the day, look what we produce, something absolutely incredibly amazing that is someone's home. It changes their life. It's their workplace. It's a community space, whatever. It's a really exciting thing, but people don't associate it with that. I think it's because they see that, they see people working on the roads, they see people working on a site, and it's not that connection of that thing afterwards, because actually at the end of it, you will go away. You're not involved in it anymore, are you? you've done your job and that there's not that connection to it yeah there's a lot of work that goes in to a pro I mean we all know that a lot of work that goes into a project before we even get to site or before it starts being built you know it's gone through the design phase it's been project managed it's been programmed in health and safety the ecology side of it it's all it's all steps leading up to and that's probably not the visible part like you say like we've kind of talked about education and attracting people in but there's also when they get in there what you get you know, if you want to keep and maintain um, a diverse workforce, you've got to cater for that diverse workforce. Like we said, the toilets, we always come back to the toilets. Um, but things like what you're seeing on sites now that are changing is you've got prayer rooms, you know, you've got facilities, you've got well-being rooms, you've got and a lot of sites, not all of them, unfortunately, yet. But, you know, and, and things like when there's religious festivals, there's a, always something that goes out to watch out for your colleagues while they're fasting. So, it's, you know, there's there are a lot more elements that are coming into construction, but sometimes I think it's not quick enough. It's kind of, you know, we st- like we said, again, back to toilets. <laughs> there's still some sites you go on and the toilet facilities aren't good enough for women. There's no sanitary bins, for example. Um, and you kind of think, well, hold on, we should be there already. That is not something that we should still be kind of fighting for, you know, and and, and things like that. So I think... Once you get people into um, construction, and that's just one element of it, I think it's, you know, you've got to be able to keep them and also provide them with the right tools or the right um, facilities and want to be in that, stay in that role and stay within that industry. I think sometimes it's our language as well. Um, 
we have to be be more conscious of it, um, of what we say and how we say it. Um, I think in some of the previous podcasts, there's been a lot of emphasis on, you know, the he, the him, that sort of thing. But it's not only about that. It's being a bit more culturally sensitive sometimes. I always um, find it quite amusing, really, that every morning if there's something special going on, they put bacon sandwiches on. <laughs> now, what percentage of those people can't eat bacon sandwich because they're Muslim? Yeah. It's just that awareness, you know. Of, of that thing or that a lot of you know there's a lot of events that run around alcohol and going to the pub that's quite of a throwback really a lot of people for religious reasons for health reasons don't actually drink anymore so I always think it's a bit of awareness of how we portraying ourselves in this industry we need to be a bit a bit smarter sometimes about what people think of us and what we put out there unconsciously sometimes definitely then actually the last large site that I was on um there was such a diverse that everyone was from different backgrounds and different cultures and different religions and we had a day of everybody bringing in their food from their from their background of their home and and everybody shared and I guess that's not very covid friendly but (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) But it was great because you tried things that you would never try that maybe you walk past in the supermarket and think, oh, well, you know, what, what's this? But you just never try it and you try it and it was fantastic. So that was, that was a good way and a good way to get everybody to bond as well. And that was people from the site office and from site, everybody was invited in, which is also great because that can sometimes be quite a, quite a split. Yes. Mm, it's all about that consideration for people that you work with, isn't it? And again, it's that people skills. It's, you know, talking to each other, getting to know them and not necessarily just thinking, thinking out the box a little bit and just taking a bit of an interest in, in the other people that you're working with um, and who they are, what their background is, um, that kind of thing, really, isn't it? And just integrating everybody together. Yes, I think it's taking that time sometimes just to, you're right, just to have that conversation, just to, even if it's a hello every morning, because that hello every morning will turn into a conversation later in the week or in the next week or whatever, you know, just to, because sometimes um, we're all conscious of it, especially construction, we've got tight deadlines, we're having to do to a budget, someone's screaming for another report somewhere and we've all got our heads down, haven't we? So it's just taking that five minutes to just, you know, it doesn't take much to just have that conversation or smile at someone or whatever. And then it it opens up a whole different world, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely. So that's, that's great. You've actually covered and moved across a lot of the questions I was going to ask. So thank you. I'm glad you all read the notes. Um, (laughs) So let's talk about age, ethnicity and ability. Like how does that affect diversity on site? I think age is an interesting one because, you are seeing a lot more younger people coming into the industry now. Um, and I think in some cases you see there are also a lot of older people that have been in the, in the business, not necessarily just McAlpine, but in the industry for a long, long time. And they're very set in their ways. And I think what you see is quite a lot of young people that are coming in that you know older people could learn from, especially, like I said earlier, with the new technologies. Um, But I think there's still a little bit of resistance for that because traditionally, you know, you had, if you look at the apprenticeship sort of role um, and mentor, normally, um, traditionally, you would have someone who's got a lot of experience having an apprentice working for them and they would learn the ropes from the older person um, who had all this experience. But I think now it's kind of flipping a little bit the way that things are changing within the industry. So it's quite interesting, but there is still a little bit of resistance to that. You know, there's still a little bit of I've got the experience and this is how it's always done. And traditionally we do this. So I think age is always an interesting one because you're always going to have to have younger people, new people coming into the business. 
Um, but you need to, again, include them in what you're doing and actually take time to listen because it's, again, like with any diversity, it's another fresh approach, a different way of looking at things, which can only be productive and helpful to your project, really. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, age-wise, um, when I when I came into it and went on to site, and I'll say it's the guys that I was working with, you know, the, the the site I was on did have a lot of women, but in my team there's mainly guys and and you you're working and you you're learning and you're you're progressing with the project. And it's even so much to say, yeah, we've always done it this way. Okay, yeah, why? Why is it done that way? You know, could it be done this way or is it just are we set that way? And then and you could see they're like, Oh yeah, I don't know don't really know why just because it is and you know it's always challenging boundaries isn't it and asking if there's a better way which I think construction is quite good at championing um new new I don't know industries and ways of ways of thinking and and ways of doing things I think there's actually a bit both ends of the scale that you're right um, we do tend to dismiss younger people quite a lot and they, we, we think there's a rite of passage that they have to learn all the ropes and they have to do all these things and they have to make the tea and all yeah. that. Some of them are worse <laughs> than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I think actually at the other end of the scale, there's, a, there's a, a bit of an ageist thing as well. I do. And I think that's um, totally inappropriate these days where there isn't an age where people have to retire at. Um, people are perfectly hit, fit and healthy into their you know 80s basically I'm not saying people have to work to there but I think there's that as well that end of it um that people think people are all fuddy-duddies and yeah of course people are going to be set in their ways but actually there's a huge amount of influence and um experience to draw on and and sometimes it's difficult to draw that out of people because they're sometimes not willing to give it over but actually it's the it's the conversation thing it's the drawing it out of them because we really need that experience and that how, what, what have you done this before? What mistakes have you made? How did you make this better? That sort of thing. And, you know, we, we've all got to come together to, to draw those things out both ways and share that knowledge. Yeah, definitely sharing knowledge because you don't want the knowledge at the end of a project. I think everybody's really good at that. They go off and they're like, right, that was good, next. And you need to, that sharing the knowledge needs to go round and round so that, you know, your colleagues three streets away get get given that knowledge and they can implement it you know they haven't had the experience but they know what went wrong what went right and they can they can then help and implement that into their project these are all great points so thank you another question do you think age ethnicity etc play a role in securing a job i'd hope that everybody gets a job because Mm. they're the best candidate for it on merit yeah 100 percent. but liz did speak earlier about the targets and I guess you see it a lot more yeah I think well it's difficult because it depends on the recruitment practices which I'm not necessarily involved in but you know some companies have taken so you don't have to put your date of birth on anymore some companies have taken off um, if people have criminal offences in the past you know um, some people I mean there was a stage I think that where people were putting photos on their application uh, applications Mm. and CVs I think that's gone now which is good because that would be completely judgmental even it could be unconsciously, you would always judge someone and be biased towards something. To be honest, I'm quite a fan of like blank applications. So you literally get the merits of someone, you see what they do, you see what they've done in the past, but you don't know anything about them until you meet them. I don't know if many companies actually do that or if there's certain elements of information they need, but 
I don't know, there's, like I said, there's conscious and unconscious bias as well. So people might not even realise they're doing that when they look at applications. I think in construction, we're, we've got a bit of a habit of concentrating on people's qualifications again and what they've done. Where in actual fact, I think a lot of it is willingness to learn and get on and be keen in construction because a lot of it you can learn, you but you've got to have the willingness to do that. I know that sounds for lots of industries, but with construction particularly, you have got to work hard because it is, you know, there are points when you have to work long hours, etc. But you've got to be willing to problem solve and get on with people. And if I can see that with someone that wants to get on, they're keen and as mustard, then actually a lot of it you can teach them. Yeah, definitely. And they're going to go far. That's great. So thanks for that. So we are seeing a positive trend in the perception of sort of female tradespeople, et cetera. And as we continue to encourage inclusion across all levels of construction, like what do you think we can do to drive this across the industry and like the wider community? And I know this is circling back a bit to what we've said, but just a, another opportunity to go through that. No, it's fine. Yeah. So it's just visibility again, isn't it? And maybe training and different ways of getting into the industry. I mean, I honestly didn't think there was a different another way other than going to uni. I hadn't, I didn't know anybody in it. I didn't know anybody that could help me, you know, get in or talk to the right person. And so from going to uni, I mean, I got my first job by, I told Nick this the other day, but got my first job on site by, <laughs> um, I, I asked somebody outside the construction site and said, do you know where the project manager is? And then he, he was like, are you sure? <laughs> and so I went to the project manager and asked because otherwise, you know, you you do, you get put up, your CV gets put in a pile. And I was like, I need experience. I want to have a really good career and I love construction. I'm willing to learn. And, you know, I think that younger people or, or anyone really, you need to go out there and push it and and keep going until you, until you get there. I think that's that's fine because I think we're all fairly driven here and we probably knew what we wanted to do. What what happens in construction, there's usually two camps, isn't there? There's the people that absolutely wanted to do it and love it and there's the people that have fallen into it because there was nothing else for them to do and they thought that might be a good idea. <laughs> um, and, you know, a lot of them stay there and become very good people. But um, it's um, the realisation that actually all apprenticeships aren't manual. There are lots of apprenticeships that QS apprenticeships, all sorts of things that have no manual element whatsoever. Um, it's taking people on under your wing and bringing them in and, and giving them the experience for work experience. People to just give them that opportunity for a week to look at different trades in the industry from schools to say, and some of them will go away and say, I definitely don't want to do that. That's fine. But some of them say they do. In fact, there was, um, I didn't even realize it. Um, I took on a, um, a work experience girl for a day. It was about, oh, probably about 10 years ago now. And um, about three years ago, I came across her again in McAlpine and she comes to join the company. She said, thank you. And I was like, like I didn't even realise it was right. you. But from that experience, from at school, 16, 17, she, she realised. And that that is a, a great feeling that you've, you know, you've opened someone's eyes to want to do that. It's brilliant. I think it's all about giving them an insight. So showing them what goes on behind the hoardings, if you like. You know, and I yeah. think it's it's not and role models always have a great place to play, you know, because people can aspire or they can look up to them, but also get an understanding of the job roles. And I don't think that necessarily I think it doesn't necessarily have to be that you have to pick a certain person that falls into a certain box and use them as a role model. It's just highlighting the different jobs and the people that they work with and the interactions that they have. I think that's really important because then people get a good idea behind it. And again, it's seeing that 
that there's opportunities for everybody within construction, um, no matter of who you are. So I think sometimes if a company shouts too much about how diverse they are, what they're aiming to achieve, that's not necessarily going to attract the younger generation or people into the industry. It's actually seeing, it, again, it's people. It's seeing the people that work in the industry, seeing what they do and, and seeing the relationships they have in the role. I think that's what really attracts people and how much a lot of them love their job as well. Because, I mean, who you know, you see someone who really enjoys their job, like Emma was saying, you think, oh, I want to be that person, you know? So yeah, that's you. important. It's good. And, you know, as Emma was saying earlier, she's she's done different roles within construction. You've moved around. And I think that's a real that's a crucial thing to somebody that, you know, where I started and where I've ended up aren't at all the same. And you don't have to at 16, 18. It's quite young to decide what you want to do for the entire rest of your life. You don't have to stay in that that one role, and Liz, you haven't either. You know, you all of us, I think, have moved around, and and that's also great to have that. It obviously depends on business needs and and what can be accommodated, but yeah, knowing that if you go into this, try it, and maybe on a rotation. I I, I just think construction is such an amazing thing because it's a transportable skill. You can take construction and your skills anywhere in the world. It's pretty much the same basis anywhere. It's a very diverse industry. You can, as we've said, you can you can go to from different routes that are very very diverse within the industry if you don't like it. And often you'll be given the opportunity because no one wants to keep you in a role that you don't want to do. So you can move around to do other things, and that just expands your remit about your your knowledge, doesn't it? Um, and you know, actually, it's really quite well paid. So it's it's a win win really. Yeah, and I think the people you meet in construction are brilliant. You know, it's you meet so many different characters from different walks of life. Again, it's diverse. It is diverse from that point of view. You yeah. know, because everyone's got different backgrounds, and once you speak to people, they will happily like chat away to you and tell you, you know, where they're from, what their experiences are, what they're, you know, and that kind of thing. And I think that's the beauty of construction as well. When you really delve into those people, that the people that work in that the industry and their stories and backgrounds. It's fascinating and it's what makes the job to some extent because you you need to get on with people that you work with, don't you? And I think it's great that you, you, you work on a job for a, it is a finite time but and you'll say goodbye to those people on that team and then you meet a new team. But actually a couple of years later, you'll bump into this other people again and then you can catch up and, and find out what they've been doing and, and share share that you know stuff and everything. And, and that's amazing is that you actually, it comes full circle quite a lot of the time into the people that you've worked with and you work with again it's brilliant yeah you bump into them in the street as well that's how small <laughs> the industry is you walk in down and they're hi <laughs> we still have a group going from from the first i mean nick knows but from the first project and you know we go out for dinner every so often and um, it's always the planner that arranges that he's quite good at programming <laughs> that one in but you know it, it's great and those people they they become your friends not just your colleagues yeah so this is this has been a fantastic um, podcast so far. I'm going to start wrapping up. We've covered a lot. So the last question from me, it's the one I throw in. It's what's your favourite part about working in construction? People. It's the people. Uh, I think that's what I love most about it. Yeah, that, I can't really expand on that. People. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, same. I completely agree. It's the people and the projects. You know, I've seen some amazing things and 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 doing my own stuff now and helping people and you know it allows you to help people how you how you'd never thought you could. It's 
through through property and and projects and spaces where people can live work it's great and you can never I find it really rewarding and the people that you meet on the way there's um there's some good characters (laughs) I don't know if there's one thing it's very difficult to say that um, <laughs> people of course is amazing but um, for me it's the whole package for me construction actually really stretches me sometimes and there are some quite technical things that you have to get your head around and I really enjoy that um, the scale of it of what you're doing you got it on a piece of paper then you build it and you're like wow that's really big you know even though you know how big it was but physically the physicality of of actually producing something and then literally at the end of the day walking away and giving someone the keys and you know, you walk past it every now and then going, I was part of that. And that, that's a really cool feeling that you were part of something that is quite amazing. Thank you. That's all we have time for today. Thank you to Robin, Emma and Liz for joining us for episode three. For more information on the topics we discussed, please visit the 1% campaign website at uh, srm.com. If you'd like to ask a question or suggest a topic, tweet us at we are McAlpine. We hope you can join us next time. Thank you for listening.